Hey there, everyone. You're listening to the Two Paths Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Marcy, certified leadership coach, speaker, and trainer with the John Maxwell team. So glad that you joined me today as we continue in our series talking about the ancient philosophers and how their model for living differs from the model that we see with people today. And the biggest distinction that I talked about last time is that the ancient philosophers studied life because they wanted to live it in a virtuous way in that moment. For them, it wasn't about gaining knowledge and insights just for the sake of having that head knowledge. They wanted to transform it into practical lifestyles that would add value not only to themselves, but to their entire society to raise their level of success and awareness. And so that's what we see with the ancient philosophers. And the ones I've been digging into lately are Socrates, and then his student was Plato, and then Plato's student was Aristotle. And then that's taken me into a little bit of a study on Stoicism. And so looking at the Stoics, there are numerous people that are considered ancient um, Stoics of the time. Emperor Marcus Aurelius is um, considered a Stoic. There was a man named Cicero. He was uh, considered one of Rome's greatest orators. He was very intelligent. Um, He was also a lawyer, had an interesting life, uh, but was killed at the age of 63 um, for his beliefs. And so what's interesting when you look at the history of these men is that they took a stand for what they believed in based on the amount of information they had at the moment. And the goal was to live in such a way that would not only raise them up, but would raise up the people around them. These men always looked at the challenges in life as either ethical issues, moral issues. Um, Even some of them got into a little bit into... um, not just philosophy, but into metaphysics, which is pretty interesting as well. And so when when this series is done, I'll have a concluding episode to kind of wrap up some of the observations and the takeaways that I've learned from all of this. Some of it might be a little bit surprising, but I can guarantee you that it's it's all really profound and pretty cool stuff uh, when we take the time to look at it. But what I want to talk about today is that there are four main virtues that the ancient philosophers focused on that they wanted to live out in their own life to add virtue. And so we've talked about this word virtue, and virtue means goodness. And the goal was to live in a virtuous way, a good life that added value and had meaning and had worth. Socrates said, knowledge was the key. In my words, I would say, Socrates looked at it as like an umbrella, that these four virtues all come under knowledge. And so we'll look at the first of the four virtues today, which is wisdom. And so one of the, one of the things we have to do right off the bat is we have to figure out what is the difference between wisdom and knowledge. If knowledge is like this umbrella... And these four virtues fall underneath it. 
And Socrates was so bent on knowledge being above all things, then what does it really mean if we say somebody's knowledgeable versus somebody is wise? And it's actually pretty simple when we break it down. Knowledge is basically the gained insight and experiences in life. You go to school, you gain knowledge. You gain understanding of how to solve math equations, how to understand chemistry and biology. You gain knowledge, you gain insights on how things work. Wisdom differs in that it takes that knowledge and deciphers how to apply it into a practical sense. It almost involves this internal perspective, this internal reflection of taking in everything that we know and then putting it into categories of how do we apply it. And so when you take it by definition, hopefully it'll start to make more sense that you can have somebody who's very knowledgeable, they know a lot of things, but you can know a different person who you would say is wise because they make good decisions. They make sound judgment based on the amount of knowledge that they have. So in essence, somebody can have a lot of knowledge, but not necessarily be wise. Kind of makes me think of the two categories of, of knowledge that we talk about in life. You either have book smarts or street smarts. And if you're lucky, you have both. So you have book smarts, you're knowledgeable about a lot of things. If you have street smarts, you're knowledgeable about a different type of thing. And if you're lucky, you have both, which can make you a wise person because you're able to discern and decipher how to take the best of those worlds, combine them, and then live them out in a practical sense. One of the um, ancient Stoics that is really credited with a lot of um, insight and writings is the Roman orator that I mentioned, Cicero. When he was talking about virtue, he said, it's the highest good. The word, the phrase was sumen bonum. And that's Latin for the highest good. And so what is, what is this highest good? It's, it's virtue. Virtue is what we're aiming for. Cicero and some of the other philosophers said that everything we face in life is an opportunity. We can respond with virtue, even bad situations, painful situations, scary ones. They believe that if you acted in a virtuous manner, everything else important could follow that. Cicero said, the man who has virtue is in need of nothing, whatever for the purpose of living well. And if you think about it, kind of what it comes down to is we can't control outside forces. All we can control is ourselves. And so if we live within our own boundaries in a way 
that is virtuous, that we find the good, then when the bad situations happen and things outside of our control arise, we'll, we'll be able to withstand them and endure them because our perspective is different. We're finding the virtue and the good in all of those things. There's a book that I read the past couple years um, that just had a profound impact on my life. It's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. If you haven't read it, I want to encourage you to go pick it up. And I guarantee once you start reading, you won't be able to put it down. It's a fascinating story about Viktor Frankl, who was uh, captured by the German Nazis and put in a concentration camp. And he is um, a psychiatrist before he goes in, and he has a book that he's working on. And the entire time that he's in the concentration camp, it's always in his mind to finish that book. And so this book, Man's Search for Meaning, isn't necessarily about that book. However, it's about finding meaning in life, realizing some things are out of our control, so all we can control is the way we respond to things, the, the way we handle things. And he shares so many stories in there about men and women who didn't survive. And in many instances, it was because their hopes had been shattered. Sometimes they had a goal thinking, if I can make it until this date, I know we'll be rescued. That date would pass and those people would give up hope and they would pass away as well. It's a very profound book. But at one point, Viktor Frankl makes a comment. He says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. At another point in this book, he also says, suffering ceases to be the moment it finds meaning. Might not be exactly how he said it, but that's what, it, that's what he was saying. Our suffering no longer is suffering in life when we understand the meaning of that suffering. We assign a purpose to that suffering. It's no longer suffering. It's growth. It's awareness. It's something that gets us from point A to point B. That is wisdom. to recognize that I can only control myself and I can't control outside forces, that is wisdom. And so this first of the four pillars that I want to talk about today is wisdom. Plato is really the one that has been credited with coming up with these four virtues. And he says out of the four Wisdom is, is the most important. Others have argued that they're all based on aspects of moral character. Even Aristotle, a student of Plato, um, he went on to say there's more than just these four aspects. There's more to it. But Plato came up with these four and said, these four are the basis for all things. 
that impact our moral character. And so when we think about virtue, when we think about knowledge, all of this comes into our ethical behavior. How do we think about things? How do we process things? How do we take what we've learned in life and apply it to every aspect of our life? And so wisdom. Wisdom seems to be somewhat of a downplayed virtue, I think, today. I think in an attempt to gain so much knowledge, we miss out on the point of having that knowledge. I think if we would look even just at the educational system in the United States of America, it seems like we're always in a race against every other country to have more knowledge. We test kids at an earlier age. We give them information that I studied in junior high and high school. I'm seeing my children learn in fourth and fifth grade now. We're taking hard, complex problems and situations and forcing our kids to learn them sooner and sooner. And the question that we all asked, at least I did, and then sadly I hear my kids say, why do I have to know this? How am I going to use this in life? How am I going to use tangent and cosine in life? I want to go to beauty school. I want to be a farmer. I don't need tangent. I don't need cosine. So maybe you've heard something similar in your experiences. But we, we push for all of this knowledge. But I don't think our education system does a good job of implementing wisdom to go with that knowledge. To teach children how to apply all of this knowledge that they're learning. And then we grow up as adults and we're still trying to figure out how to make wise decisions. How do I discern things? There's a lot of knowledge that I have, but I don't know what the point is. I don't know how to put the puzzle pieces together. I think that happens a lot of different ways in all of our lives. We have such a need for something specific but then we don't understand the implications once we have it. And so wisdom is critical to live a virtuous life. We need to be able to take all of the knowledge and the experiences we have and figure out how do they, how do they apply to our lives? How do we implement the lessons we've learned into our lives? If you remember, I've shared with you the screensaver I have on my computer uh, saying from Socrates that says, an unexamined life is not worth living. If I experience all these things in life and I never reflect on what the meaning is and how I can grow from them, then what's the point? We need to take time to reflect. The hard times, just like Viktor Frankl was saying, suffering and hard times have value. They teach us things. The question is, when we're taught those lessons, will we learn and then apply them to the rest of our lives or not? I remember years ago when I joined the John Maxwell team, John Maxwell shared, and, and he shared this quite often throughout the years, that at the end of the year, in December, he takes out some time, blocks that off, 
just to reflect over everything he's learned in the past year and how that will help him apply what he's learned into the next year. And then he can make his calendar for the following year based on some of those things that he's learned. The value of reflection time is critical. In our world today, we're going 100 miles an hour in every direction. You're not allowed to stop. You're not allowed to take a break. You know, the crazy thing that I, I think about all the time is the advancement of technology. We have phones that are basically computers. That, and by a corporate standards, they would say, it helps us to become more efficient. Quite honestly, it also has the potential to drag us down. We spend so much time working on all of these other projects because we're so much more quote unquote efficient now. We spend so much more time glued to our phones because there's so much that we need to do on those phones. We can accomplish all these extra projects. We can multitask if that's even a real thing. We're going 100 miles an hour and then we get to a point just like we have these past couple years of COVID when everybody is at their breaking point, really. Mentally tired and worn down trying to figure out what is the point of life. I'm going 100 miles an hour and for what? Where's the value? I hope there are people and I'm sure there are people that are saying, man, I see that value. I've gone 100 miles an hour for quite a while and it's working and I'm loving it. Kudos to you. That that is a success story. If that's not you, it's okay too. Your success will look different based on what your goals are. So just as a side note, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Focus on your own goals. But there's wisdom in life that we've learned from our experiences to know I need to take a break. I need to reflect. I need to journal. I need to plan for what's coming ahead. And that's all good stuff. That's wisdom. Taking the knowledge and doing something with it. Living out a virtuous life. Plato thought that Wisdom, the virtue of reason, and he believed that being truly virtuous is possible only when one acts on reason. So wisdom was regarded as the virtue of all rulers since it, it helps rulers take advice than to act prudently, to act with wisdom, sound judgment based on their own reason. If you remember, I've shared in the previous episode, one of the things that the Stoics did is they absorbed all the information they had at the moment to make their decision, which meant they were okay changing their mind down the road if new information came in. But until that new information came in, they were making the best decisions based on that amount of information they had at that moment so that they could make a wise, sound decision.
And so wisdom is important because it helps us to recognize right from wrong. It helps us to distinguish that there is a right and a wrong. And that's one of the reasons Plato thought wisdom was so important. Because if we don't have the basis of what is right and what is wrong, we can't discern between them, then we'll be in trouble. And quite honestly, this virtue of wisdom, if it truly means being able to distinguish between right and wrong, flies in the face of the theory of relativity, meaning I think this is wrong, you don't, oh, that's okay. You think it's wrong, but I don't think it's wrong, oh, that's okay. It's all relative based on what you want to do. That can't be true. Morally and ethically, that can't be true. If you believe that, you might be able to argue it to a certain extent, but there will come a point when you're going to be challenged and you're going to realize, wait, I don't want that to happen to me because that's wrong. Well, how can it be wrong if I don't think it is? That takes us down a whole different road, but wisdom is the key to it. Wisdom is the key because we have to differentiate between what is right and what is wrong. And that means that there is a standard. That means there is a guideline. There's a baseline of determining right and wrong. And so when you take in all the knowledge and you reflect in your life, you're going to know, I made some bad decisions at this point, or I, I really made some good choices at this point. What does it all mean now? How is that going to impact you in the way you live? How will you take what you've learned in the past to impact what you'll do in the future? And the Stoics would say, more importantly, what are you doing with all of that right here and right now in the present? So the first virtue is wisdom. I'd love to hear your feedback on how you've grown in wisdom over the years and what knowledge you've absorbed be able to impact you to make wise decisions in the current moment. But I'm telling you, you can't do it when you're going 100 miles an hour. So I want to encourage you, you got to take the time, you've got to stop and reflect, and you've got to prioritize what matters and what doesn't matter. And then you need to take steps of action. You have to engage and do it. Don't just keep it in your head. Transform it into your heart and live it out with your life. But you have to make that decision. I can't do it for you. Nobody else can. It's all on you. And so I want to challenge you to choose the path that will make all the difference.